I'm Mark Lynch, director of the project on Middle East political science. Welcome back to the POMEP's Middle East political science podcast, our series of conversations with scholars working in the field. With us today is Ali Kadivar. He's a postdoctoral fellow at the Brown University's Watson Institute. Um, Ali, welcome to the program. Hi, Mark. Thank you for having me on this podcast. So we're going to see an election in Iran uh, this week, and um, could you tell us just a little bit about what it is that we should be looking at in terms of understanding what is and what isn't significant uh, in in the election? Um, I think this is a very important election, and part of the electorate have recognized this also. And there are there's presidential the president is at a stake, but this people talk that this is also about succession. Um, so in terms of uh, presidency, four years ago, uh, Hassan Rouhani, which was backed, who was backed by moderates and reformists, was able to win presidency and eight, eight and end eight, eight years of Ahmad Ahmadinejad's presidency. I think this was an important uh, event in the rotation and flow of political elites in Iran. Um, Ahmadinejad's era was significant for uh, several reasons, but one reason was that a process started to replace the old guard of the uh, Islamic Republic with a new set of elite. These elite, this new elite that Ahmadinejad is a good example of. In terms of revolutionary and war credentials, we're not at the at at the level of the old guard of the regime. When I speak of old guard, Khamenei himself, the leader, is one. Rafsanjani was one. Mir Hossein Musavi, that is still under house arrest, is one. So they are they belong to different factions. So conservative, but a new generation. Conservative, uh, yes. So the new elite that Ahmadinejad is part of, yes. Conservative, new generation, and hardliner. There are new generation of reformists, but these people were not coming into the system. So in a way, it was pushing to pushing the, the re, pushing the regime to a more hard line by replacing the old guard that had become a bit moderate, opener to um, s- degree of political uh, freedom, uh, degree of rationality in decision-making, and so on. So Ahmadinejad came and started attacking Rafsanjani, attacking these other uh, parts of the elite. So it was a move to uh, just clean the political space from this elite. So it was not, again, I think, uh, accidental that Rouhani was backed by Rafsanjani, was backed by uh, Khatami. Khatami is also an important, a good example. Part of the old elite, but a reformist. Yeah, but you're talking about Mohammad Khatami, the president no. from 97 to 2005. Yes. So now the contenders for Rouhani, again, is interesting to look at. Is Qalibov. Qalibov has some war credential, but Qalibov was not a name that you heard in 80s or in 90s. Qalibov was a name that came uh, to the forefront mostly around the 2005 election. Ibrahim Raisi has been, is the other contender backed by the conservative and hardliner establishment. He has been in judiciary, but again, he has not been a big name. So either, if either of them gets elected, I think the process that was underway in Ahmadinejad is again uh, back to stage. And Rouhani represents a uh, kind of the equivalent on the reformist side? So I think Rouhani represents dif- uh, different strands. One is the old guard, again, being back and exerting control. The other is the social support that Rouhani has. Uh, a lot of the reformist people who root for democratic change now see Rouhani as the most viable candidate that can uh, push forward 
their agenda. How, how similar is Rouhani's coalition with the coalition which supported Mohammed Khatami back in 1997? In a way, I think the coalition is bigger. So the base has been, um, in a way, wounded and injured from repression under Ahmadinejad. But the elite coalition around Rouhani, I think, is bigger. Because all the reformists, most of, most of them, are backing Rouhani. On the right side of the spectrum, you have people like Ali, Ali Larijani, the Speaker of the Parliament, and some other moderate conservatives who back um, Rouhani. But on the other, on the left of the reformists, you have people uh, who, for example, boycotted 2005 elections. But a lot has changed in Iran, and those people are now supporting Rouhani. So in terms of political elite, it's quite a large coalition. Not the what is uh, the difficulty is that whether the political coalition is able to mobilize the base and convince people who don't necessarily care about political matter at the first level to come to the ballot boxes and uh, vote for Rouhani. And with the two con- major conservative candidates, do they represent different uh, parts of a right-wing coalition or are they largely the same in terms of who they represent? So I think Raisi uh, Rais, represents the conservative establishments. All of the formal groups have uh, supported Raisi. Qalibov, uh, um, it's interesting. No formal conservative group has backed Qalibov. Qalibov, in a way, is trying to imitate Ahmadinejad. He's trying to speak to the people who are dissatisfied with the system. He's trying to depict Rouhani as the corrupt person. So exactly is trying to imitate what Ahmadinejad did in 2005 to Rafsanjani. There are two problems with Qalibov's agenda. One is that he's not a new face. Ahmadinejad was a new face in 2005 and it was much easier the way to do this thing. Also the way he dressed, the fact that his name was not at the forefront. Qalibov has ran two times so far for presidential election. He's been 12 years the Iran, Tehran's mayor. That's the longest standing mayor of Tehran. Uh, after the revolution, for sure. So it might be kind of difficult for him to pull up that populist, anti-establishment face. But we're going to see in a week how much that is uh, going to work. Another, I think, interesting thing about conservative candidate is that you see the conservative discourse very weak in their uh, electoral platforms. They they don't talk about Islamic values or... uh, the Western invasion to the culture of Iran, most of what they're talking is economic promises. So Raisi is promising to triple the subsidies that pe- uh, people are uh, receiving for the lowest uh, 30% of income in Iran. Alibov is promising to create 5 million or 4 million uh, jobs in his uh, first four terms. So in a way, I can see this election as kind of a defeat for conservative discourse. I think they have realized that to win a presidential election, they cannot talk about those things. Is this unusual for an Iranian election to have this much focus on economics as opposed to uh, religion and culture? Or is this fairly normal from from an Iranian campaign perspective? I, I cannot say it's uh, like exceptional last election was also about uh, economic issues, but the emphasis was different. Last election we had uh, inflation of 44%. So everyone was talking about controlling inflation. Now inflation is down to 8%. Now people talk about creating jobs, uh, bringing up uh, the lowest income, 
and uh, things like that. So this, uh, no, I don't think it's ex exceptional. These things have been talked about at different periods, but with, where the emphasis is, that has been changing. What about uh, what about foreign policy? Is the uh, the nuclear agreement, the intervention in Syria, are those things playing a role in the campaign, or is it really just a domestically focused, economically focused debate? They have been. So in the last, in four years ago, that was a very big part of the presidential campaigns and that was what gave Rouhani a good boost to show that he is, is competent, competent he knows about nuclear and he can solve it and he promised that and he did he delivered this time no one is uh, no one is going to say they're going to throw away the nuclear agreement even the conservative even candidates. the conservative says this is what the regime has decided on meaning that they mean that the supreme leader has signed on this so f f first thing they're trying to do is that uh, they're trying not to give the credit to Rouhani for achieving this. They're saying this was regime's decision. Rouhani just executed the decision. Second of all, they criticize Rouhani for not being able to translate the nuclear agreement to economic gains for people. So they say we did, uh, we gave up on our rights, but people are now not. People are not seeing that in their daily life. They're, they're not buying more. They don't have jobs. Or they don't easily have jobs. And so on and so forth. So the nuclear debate becomes an economic debate? Exactly, exactly. On the other hand, Rohan is using this to say, I'm the person who has delivered on promises. I promised to do this, I delivered this, uh, we have been able to sell our oil, the uh, barrier for banking has been removed, and then he's promising to deliver more based on this, uh, the nuclear. What about Syria or Yemen or like those kinds of issues in regional politics? So the Syrian issue is very sensitive. I don't think there's much political space for anyone to really contest what Iran is doing in Syria in the political discourse. But there have been mentions of the Syrian issue. Uh, so again, to undermine Rouhani, what the others are arguing is that it's, uh, it's Iran's military uh, power that has uh, helped Iran to use diplomacy. Because Rouhani, on the other hand, is arguing it was our power of diplomacy that we uh, push away the threats of war. Uh, from Iran. But again, Rouhani mentioned Syria as a point of strength of the government that now there is three countries that are negotiating Syria, uh, Russia, Turkey, and Iran. So it sh it, this shows that Iran has regional power uh, and Iran is a country that is uh, discussing these many very important issues in the level of international relations. It's interesting. So some people in Washington, they'll, they'll frequently argue that, uh, that Iranian election campaigns might be entertaining, but ultimately they don't matter, that uh, the presidency isn't powerful, that it's all just kind of for show. How would you respond to that kind of analysis? I think clearly matters, and Iranian people also know that it clearly matters. Uh, yes, we are not going to see a regime change, but what kind of uh, policies are going to be decided in Iran? Uh, is very much decided by presidency. Yes, Iranian president is not the highest power. Supreme leader has the biggest share of power. But president still controls very important resources in Iranian politics. Oil is sold through the Ministry of Oil. Then uh, Ministry of Education, all teachers, that's a very big section of the executive. The, how much uh, relaxation or repression 
is exerted to about publication of journals or books and things like that is decided by uh, Ministry of Culture. University system is huge. Ministry of Higher Education controls that. And then another interesting thing we have seen in this period is discussion of environmental issues. So government has the, the organization for environment is under president. So part of the debate this time has been how good Rouhani's uh, executive has been doing in terms of protecting water resources in Iran. And Rouhani has been saying that they have done a good job comparing with Ahmadinejad's uh, presidency. Uh, yeah, so I think it, it matters, and people also realize that it, it matters. Turnout tends to be quite high. Yeah, for sure. So where then, if, if Rouhani were to be replaced by one of these conservative candidates, where do you think that the policy differences would most likely materialize? What would be the areas where we would expect to see things being done differently? Uh, so I think economic experts would be worried about that irrational decisions would be make injecting money again into the economy ch just to buy popularity so having high inflation again uh, distraction of investment from infrastructure something that have happened under Ahmadinejad Iran has been catching up in terms of uh, increasing capacity for uh, extracting oil mm -hmm. from shared uh, resources those things again was doing very bad under Ahmadinejad those things might have uh, changed Political space definitely will be contracted. We have seen some gradual change from the time under Ahmadinejad. Under Ahmadinejad, semi-opposition groups that say we believe in the regime, we just oppose the executive. They were not even able to have a meeting, a private meeting. Ministry of Intelligence had strong surveillance, would call them, they would be summoned to the courts. This has not been happening. Those political prisoners of the Green Movement has been campaigning for Rouhani in this term. This was impossible four years ago. So these things, I think, are going to definitely change. Now, in terms of, I want to go back to uh, the reformists and, uh, and, the, and Rouhani's base, yeah. because, I mean, clearly the, the period since 2009 is very difficult uh, sure. for, for the reformists. A lot yeah. of people in jail, yeah. in prison, a lot of closure of civil society. How strong or how would you assess the strength of civil society and the way that especially youth uh, activists or just ordinary youth think about politics now? Has there been kind of long-term damage to the reform movement from that, from that repression or has it reconstituted itself in some kind of new way? So we have had new political parties coming to the scene. But organizationally, I think that this a, a huge damage was done to the reforms. Informal networks, though, I think are still active. If you watch some of the videos of the campaigns that Rouhani gives the speeches, people are chanting for Musavi and Karubi. These are the leaders of the Green Movement that have been under house as, house custody since 2011, uh, I believe. We, this event first was seen four years ago. Uh, after years of repression that there was no public gathering for the first time you see electoral gatherings when people were chanting these slogans those things are happening and I think we see that youth if they find an opportunity they will use it to chant their slogans for political freedom and at this point they realize Rouhani is the best option they can have to just uh, continue what they have been doing uh, for recently there was also one thing I was going to mention about the succession right. issue that's right. So many people believe that this presidential election is not just about presidency. 
so Iran's supreme leader, he's old. Uh, he, he did a surgery a few years, a couple years ago. It's even now public. He, I think he wants publicly recognized that he may not live longer. So people are thinking and talking about this next successor. Ebrahim Raisi has uh, been talked about as hardliners uh, uh, candidate for Iran's uh, supreme leader after Khamenei. Uh, Raisi was part of a death committee that in uh, 1987, without trial, they uh, executed thousands of uh, political prisoners in Iran. Uh, at the time, Ayatollah Montazeri, who was this known successor of Khomeini, uh, protested to this decision, and that was the main reason he was dismissed as the successor. And it tape recording was released about a year ago in which Montazeri is talking to this committee and Raisi is a member and he's really angry and says this is a big crime in the history of the Islamic Republic you should not do this so this when it, this was released this was a big damage for people who were preparing Raisi for presidency and again many people believe that the fact that he ran for presidency is to set this stage for uh, being Iran's next so his winning the presidency would strengthen his case for exactly on the other hand, the best bet of reformists and moderate is Rouhani himself. So it's very important for them that if anything happens, uh, Rouhani would be at a position of power. So in that sense, the, the argument is that this election is not about presidency, but it's about his successor. What, what about beyond uh, the presidency um, in terms of parliament or other kinds or at the local level? Mm-hmm. Are there signs there of... of changes in the Iranian political landscape, or does it still seem to be following, following along pretty much the same lines? So we have the city council elections the same day of presidential election. And you know, every election in Iran is supervised by the Guardian Council, presidential election, parliamentary election, and for assembly ex- of experts. City council election is an ex- uh, exception. The institution that supervises this election is parliament. So when you have a more reformist parliament, you have a more uh, competitive city council election. So this time, uh, many people that have been disqualified for the last terms are have been able to run. There are a number, num- number of political prisoners of Green Movement that were qualified to run, although there has been contestation, mm-hmm. like uh, Revolutionary Guardsmen and those uh, institutions are pressuring the the committee that supervises the election to remove them from the list. But at least initially they were announced qualified to run for election. Uh, So I think that's an important sign for change that we are going to observe, although reformists have had some trouble putting together a list because now they had 200 people sign up because they didn't know who was going to go through the filter, but many of them went through and it's been really hard this time for them to keep together a coalition that they have been running for last uh, four years at least. All right. Well, out of uh, out, out of kindness and professional courtesy, I'm not going to ask you for a uh, for a, a prediction about who's going to win because I think since this will air before the uh, the election. But what I will the last question I want to ask you though is what do you think we should be looking at in terms of evaluating the the importance and and the outcomes of the election? Not necessarily who wins, but are there things like turnout or are there particular things that you think are particularly useful for us to look at in terms of assessing what this all means for Iran? I think either of these candidates will shape Iran's 
at least short-term future, and if it comes to succession, long-term future uh, for the time to come. So, so really, victory is what matters. <laughs> yes, fair <laughs> enough. All right. We've been speaking with Ali Kadavar, uh, currently uh, a fellow with Washington Institute at Brown University. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me.